you got? My ways, plural, my ways. Who remembers what passage this comes out of? I'll accept at least the book of the Bible, if not more than that. I'm going to go up here. I thought everyone was going to sit on this side, but I'm going to go up here. It's not Matthew. I'll read it. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He said it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're one of those people. Okay. So, who remembers what I talked on last week? Not last week, but the week before, because we had the fun time. So, what did I talk about two weeks ago? You guys remember when I started the series, CJ? That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, it's a Snickers. And what was, what was the big focus with Jonah? What was the whole week about? My ways aren't your ways. What is God's way? His way is what? What was it that Jonah didn't like that God was? What was it that made Jonah angry? He spared the people of Nineveh, yes. Not from Nineveh, but yeah. <laughs> he was compassionate, merciful. That's one way you could put it in just a word. Yes, Caitlin. Uh, no, not the big one. I, oh yeah, you did, yeah, you did, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So this week, my ways, we're going to be talking about David. If you didn't know, David's my middle name, I take great pride in that. <laughs> but David was an incredible guy. He, he really was. And he had an incredible life. And I would say he's, out of all of the Bible, he's the individual we have the biggest full picture of his life out of anyone in the Bible, even Jesus. We, with Jesus, we only have three years, three and a half years, and then snippets of when he was a baby and one verse when he was a preteen. That, that's like all we got for Jesus. Which I wish we had more. I wish we could see what he was like as a teenager. But all you need to know is that he, he was completely obedient and he loved, loved God with all his heart. <laughs> but David is somebody who we've got a big picture of his life. We see him all the way from when he's for sure a teenager maybe even a little bit before that, until he dies, really. We have a huge chunk of his life that we get to see. And 
this specific one of the series, My Ways, I wanted to talk about how God's ways are not our ways, in particular with David being picked by God. I'm going to start with 1 Samuel 16. This is a very well-known passage. Um, This specific passage is when Saul has been rejected by God as king. He screwed up big time. He, He dropped the ball. And God says, all right, I'm done with you. I'm going to pick somebody else now. And it's not going to be your family. It's not going to be the king that's next is your son. I'm going elsewhere. I'm rejecting you and your family from being the next leader of Israel. So, yeah. (laughs) Son on you, son on your cow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good old Mulan. (laughs) So 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 and 7 says, When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab. Now, this is the oldest brother that David has. He's the firstborn in the family. He takes one look at Eliab. And what does he say? Surely, surely this is the Lord's anointed. He takes one look at the guy. He's like, oh, this guy is very kingly. <laughs> he looks good. He looks like he's going to be able to lead a nation. He looks strong. He looks capable. But what does God say? Let's take a look at the next verse. Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. I think it's funny how it specifies height, because Jews aren't known for being that tall. <laughs> he, was, he was above average in stature. Yes, he did. Sure, yeah. Everybody did but Jesus. <laughs> so it says, he didn't sin in this. This is what God says to him. He, he just looks at, he looks at Eliab and he's like, man, this guy looks like he's got it together. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have, what? Now, it's not a good thing to be rejected by God. <laughs> it's not a place you want to be. You don't want to get listed in God's word as the one that's rejected by him, right? <laughs> So it says, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the what? He looks at the heart. Yes. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you look good to people. What God sees is so much more important than what man sees. And ultimately, it's the one that actually matters. It doesn't matter what people see. Because if God sees something different, that's the thing that you should pattern your life after. That's the thing that you should use to guide and lead. CJ, I'm going to have to leave the questions till after. Okay. You're all questioned out. <laughs> what God sees is more important than what people see. He looks at what? The heart. He looks at the heart of people. He looks at the heart of man and decides what he's going to do with them based off of that. So what do you think was in the heart of Eliab? <laughs> wasn't good. We don't have much to share about his oldest brother. <laughs> so we see, at least later on, he's very arrogant, he's prideful, he's just bothered at the sheer fact that David came to bring him food. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? 
get off the battlefield. You're a waste of our air. <laughs> That's basically what his response was. But thank God that he looks at the heart. David said in Psalm 51, search my heart, God, and find if there's anything grievous, any way in me that's not right. I think it's Psalm 51. That was, it might be a different psalm. David was described as somebody who was a man after God's own heart. So if God looks at the heart, what do you think was in David's heart? What was it with David's heart that made it so different than his brother's? What is it with God's picture of him that made him appealing to God? What was the difference? He had red hair. Hey, he might have. It's possible. It did say he was very handsome, so just going to put that there. If God looks at the heart, what do you think was in David's heart? Well, if we've got a big picture of David's life, fortunately for us, it's pretty easy for us to find out. It's easy for us to see what was in David's heart that was so appealing to God. And I got basic three-point sermon tonight. First one, he had trust in God. That's big number one thing, and you see that right off the bat when David shows up in the picture. When Goliath comes on the scene, the Philistines are coming up against the nation of Israel, and everyone's cowering and terrified, thinking God's not going to protect us when that's quite the opposite of what he's always told them. David shows up on the scene, and he says, why are you guys putting up with this? Basically, don't you trust God to give you the victory? Kill this man. <laughs> Go after him. So in Psalm 25, we can see a lot of David's heart through the Psalms because he wrote a lot of them. And this is one particular one that he did write. In Psalm 25, 1 through 5, it says, O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Some good things to say, right? Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope he was completely devoted to God. You see, in so much areas of his life, and especially throughout the Psalms, you see this quality in his heart that was not common to people. And it even wasn't common to the people of God. <laughs> Trusting in him wholeheartedly. You have an entire nation that's cowering in fear. And this little shepherd boy who's a teenager walks up and says, I'll take him. <laughs> and he, he's up for the challenge. It's this trusting God that allowed him to slay Goliath when nobody else wanted to. Nobody else wanted to even try. He was capable of taking out armies battle after battle. In comparison to the king before him who God rejected, 
It says in Scripture that the nation of Israel would shout, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. <laughs> you just wanted to sit by my wife, didn't you? You know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it's this trust that David had. All right, listen up. Mose. I will move you to the front by yourself. It's this trust in God that got him through every single battle that he essentially faced. Including running from his own father-in-law who was trying to kill him. If you guys want to know what family trouble is like, all you got to do is look at the life of David. And the man was seen as a nobody by his own family. His own father forgot about him when Samuel came to anoint the next person as king. He said, bring all of your sons, and we'll figure out who God wants. All he told me was, comes from your house. His own father didn't even include him. He says, it's none of these. Is there anyone else that's missing? He doesn't even say his name. He says, yeah, there's the youngest, the sheep. He doesn't even say his name. He doesn't say, yeah, my youngest son David's in the back, in the pasture. (laughs) And not only that, but you go beyond this to when he gets to take out Goliath. He finally takes him out. And then it opens a whole can of worm of problems in his life. (laughs) And it wasn't that he did something wrong. It's that the enemy hated people, hated him, hated the nation of Israel hated anyone that was declared God's anointed. And he ends up having all sorts of issues with Saul, the king. It says that if anyone takes out Goliath, they would get his daughter to be their wife. So Saul says, okay, now you're going to marry my daughter. And it was a great honor in their society to do that. But then he ends up getting jealous of him. So he tries to kill him more than once. And then this wife that was given to him despises him, mocks him for being somebody who worships God wholeheartedly. That's really what it was about. She was embarrassed by his worship. And then his own son, when he becomes king, tries to take the throne from him. You see, time after time, all sorts of trouble and struggle that hits David in his life. One thing after another. It seems like the guy never gets a break. (laughs) But all the while, this never stops. He trusts in God, even when it looks bad. Even when, honestly, it looks really, really, really bad. (laughs) You look at the life of David and you think, how in the world is he going to get out of this? (laughs) I'm waiting for the day when somebody makes a TV show based off of the life of David. (laughs) I think it would be amazing. But this character trait, this quality, is what set David apart from everybody else. It's why God said, you're king next. You're the one that I'm choosing because of your heart. Because of the character traits that I see in your heart. He was so focused on what God said, regardless of how bad things looked. He he didn't care what others had to say. 
He was never one to look and say, hmm, I wonder if God is going to look out for me this time. <laughs> I wonder if God's actually going to pull through for me this time. He just said, God, what do you want me to do? All right. I know you got my back. Let's do this. <laughs> Every single time. Nothing ever stopped him from trusting in God. Point number two. He had an attitude of humility instead of pride and arrogance. That's what we see was the difference with his brothers. His brothers were so sure of who they were by their ability, yet they were the ones crying like babies when Goliath showed up. <laughs> and then they get showed up by their younger brother. In Psalm 69, verse 32 and 33, here's another psalm that David wrote. All giving a picture of what David understood says, the humble will see their God at work and be what? What, John? <laughs> and be what? Glad. <laughs> Try to keep him awake. <laughs> the humble will see their God at work and be glad. Let all who seek God's help be encouraged. For the Lord hears the cries of the needy. He does not despise his imprisoned people. David was somebody who, like I said, he trusted God, but he didn't trust in himself. He didn't trust in who he, his abilities, his skill set. He just said, God, I'm going to trust in you. And when I choose to be humble, you are going to take care of it. I really like the way the New Living Translation says this. The humble will see their God at work and be glad. I think everybody's capable of seeing God at work. But it's a matter of the humble being glad about it. David saw God at work, even when it was at his expense. You look at the situation with Bathsheba where he commits adultery with her, and then he murders her husband. And he ends up being punished for it. And when he gets found out about it, he doesn't throw his arms up and say, this is ridiculous. I don't deserve this. <laughs> or he doesn't say, well, it wasn't my fault. She was on the rooftop. <laughs> you know, he doesn't say things to try to cover up and get his way weaseled out of this situation he found himself in he tries to cover it up yeah but when he finds out he can't hide things from god <laughs> he says lord you're right he asks for forgiveness he fasts for days while the kid is sick to try to have god change his mind and punishing him <laughs> but god doesn't he submits himself he is humble instead of prideful and arrogant and saying, well, God, aren't I your anointed? Like, I thought you were on my side. Don't do this. People are going to be embarrassed by me. No, he doesn't do that. He has a humble heart. He sees God working and says, he's right, he's good, and I can trust that. No matter what it is that he chooses to do, I can trust that he's good. In Psalm 51, this is the psalm that he writes about the situation I just told you about. Psalm 51, verse 17, it says, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit, 
you will not reject a broken and repentant heart of God. David knew humility was so important to stay where God wants you to be. It's so important for you to go where God wants you to go. Because Saul wasn't humble, and he suffered for it. He wasn't humble, and he lost the kingdom for it. The kingdom was given to somebody else because he didn't have a broken and repentant heart. He chose to live in pride. David was someone who didn't lean on his own strength or see himself as capable of winning battle after battle without God's help. He trusted in God for the battles that he was about to face. And it's precisely why he was able to win the battle after battle. It was because he trusted in God. He looked at God, believed he was working, and relied on God to get him through every mess that he faced. <laughs> whether it was a mess that he created himself, or whether it was a mess that the enemy was just making against him. He trusted God to see him through every time. Some of the mess was his own fault. But he chose to, instead of hide and cover up his failure and explain it away, he embraced humility. So here's the last point I got for you. He had a love for God's word like, like no one else. Psalm 119, verse 72 says, Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. You guys think about that for a moment? Millions in gold and silver. <laughs> it's worth millions. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's not an amount of gold and silver in weight that changes in value today. It's just saying millions of dollars, but you exchange it in gold and silver. So let's read this one together again. Psalm 119.72, read it with me. It says, How I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. That was the next one, actually. <laughs> I think about them all day long. Let's do 103, Rich. The next one after that. 119.103, it says, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Do you guys... Who here likes honey? I'll ask that. Oh, I'm a sucker for honey. Mm, I love me some honey. They didn't have lots of varying options of sweetener like we do today. It was, honey was something that was great to have, and it was often used for sweetening things. And you see here in Psalm 119, it, it, this isn't just, I just wanted to take a little snippet of it. It is 176 verses. It's a lot. It's the largest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. It's huge. <laughs> and, I mean, it's 
pages. It's, it has specifically 2,445 words in the NIV translation. That's a lot. Most of you don't even write essays in school that are that big. In high school, you will in college. It's a lot of words. And in fact, it's the largest chapter in the Bible by almost 500 words. That's a lot. And it's all, literally, the entire psalm is all about God's word, loving God's word, how good God's word is, how important God's word is. For 2,445 words. That is a lot. He just rambles on and on and on about how much he loves God's word, how important it is, how much it makes a difference in his life, how much he can't live without it. That is an incredible quality to have. And that is something that God saw and said, yes, that is somebody who can turn this nation around. (laughs) That is somebody who can make a difference in leading these people. That is somebody I can trust the kingdom with. The entire psalm is all about love for God's word. These three qualities put David in a position to be anointed. And my question for you guys is, how are you positioned with God? Leave the questions for after. No, we'll we'll get to the questions. How do you measure up, I should say? What's the way when, when you have God look at your heart, is it something you'd be happy he sees? Or is it something you'd be embarrassed for him to see? And you know what it is. But the key thing is the humility that David had. You come before him saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I can't do life without you. If I try to run through life myself, I just keep messing up. I just keep slipping. I can't do it. He's not going to despise you. He's not going to reject you. That's what we see with David. And the last passage I want to read here is 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31. It says, For consider your calling. This is Paul talking to the church of Corinth talking to believers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. This includes David. He wasn't any of these things. It's a great picture of what David was. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. I think I have it starting here for you, Rich. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Paul is telling the church, 
It doesn't matter what people think of you. It doesn't matter the way you look to the world because it's not important to God. And in fact, it might be quite opposite of what the world is looking for, is what God's looking for. Because you look at the world, these three qualities I gave you of David, the world says, forget God, he's not real. Forget trusting in him, what's he ever done for you? I don't know, giving you breath in your lungs, maybe. (laughs) Giving you life. But this is what the things the world says, right? What's God ever done for you? Have you ever seen him? How do you know he's real? Forget him. They don't trust in God. They don't have humility. They say, fight for what you want. Fight for your dreams. Fight for your desires. And do anything to obtain them. Don't let anyone hold you back from your true potential. Don't let anyone stop you. Do whatever it takes to accomplish what you want. And that's the picture of the American dream, essentially. And then the last one, love for God's word. They say, forget the Bible. (laughs) The world today is the most biblically illiterate it's ever been. People just don't know the word. People don't know the Bible. They don't know what it says. And then they try to argue how untrue it is when they don't even know it. (laughs) But David was somebody who was so devoted to God and his word. He wasn't willing to make a step without it. And that's what set him greatly apart from his brothers, apart from anyone else in the kingdom. So let's stand up. We're going to get in groups here. So we'll have the leaders come on up here. Yeah, I know. We could probably do two groups, right? I'd say guys and girls, but there's only three ladies this time. Yeah, guys and girls. Well, do you think they would care? We can do it and then split the guys into two groups. That'd be fine. Let's do that. So here's my big question. What do you tend to think about, especially when you face challenges in life, whether they're by your own hand or somebody else's? I sent these to the leaders, but I'm giving you youth a heads up. Think about these questions. What do you tend to think about when you face a challenge? And question two, what are your desires? And especially, are they godly desires or are they secular? Meaning worldly, they're just not really about God. They're just about possessions. They're about things of the world. So that's what I got for you, okay? I'm going to pray. And then we're going to do girls and guys. Guys will do two groups, okay? And then ladies, you're all hanging out together, all right? So let me pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life of David that we get to learn from. We get to gain wisdom from. God, we just thank you for the Psalms that he wrote. 
the scripture that he wrote for us to learn from, to lean on, and just really get an understanding of how to do life well and how to do life better. God, we just know that you have good things for us. And show us how we can trust more in you, how we can be more humble, and how we can love your word more. Put a love for your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.